Can you imagine traveling to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean or the top of Mount Kilimanjaro? What about the South Pole or the middle of the Sahara Desert? Well, with the use of virtual reality technology, this is all possible with the click of a button or a phrase, and the potentials are limitless. Welcome to the Game Creativity Podcast. I'm Jack Callen, and today I'm going to be delving deeper into the emerging technologies of augmented and virtual reality. We're going to begin by defining VR and AR tech and talking about what makes them different, then go through the progression of the technologies, as well as the current state of the field, and finally, look towards the future and where these technologies could go. Everyone has different levels of knowledge in this field, so I think the best place for us to start is to ask the question, what is VR? Virtual reality is when your vision and senses are put in an environment which is completely created by software and not actually tangible. We can enter this environment by using virtual reality headsets. They wrap around and over your head with a section in front of the user's eyes that completely blocks out their vision to anything other than the screen in front of them. The technology inside the device includes multiple lenses that bounces the light from the screens off and into the user's vision in a way that makes their environment look 3D and normal to them. While we're going to spend most of our time today talking about the gaming aspects of virtual reality headsets, they're also really good as tools for learning, with many instructional simulations that can be downloaded, or even just as a media player to watch television and movies. The user is able to feel completely immersed in their environment because it reacts and changes based on the user's movements and where they're looking. The headset is able to do this thanks to the technology of cameras pointing outwards from the headset to the user's surrounding environment. Using VR, the potentials are limitless. You can be whatever you want, wherever you want. Just imagine swinging through the Amazon jungle on vines, flying over the ocean in the cockpit of a jet, being on the field as your home nation wins the World Cup. Now this is compared to augmented reality, which is a little bit different. A good analogy I heard when first learning about the main differences between virtual and augmented reality was that while VR completely takes over your vision and immerses you, Augmented reality merely enhances what you are actually seeing in real life. An AR headset, or more commonly glasses, are transparent and superimpose images and words over the world in front of you. Augmented reality can also exist in devices other than glasses, such as on your very own smartphone, laptop, or tablet. The devices use the camera and overlays additional images or words over what the camera sees. Now, this can range from a simple overlay, such as something like the time or the weather, or it could be as complicated as you need, such as Michael Jackson in your living room, or a Pokemon running around your bedroom. Now, what is holding augmented reality back, and why is it not as popular as virtual reality? I'm sure most of you listening have heard about popular virtual reality devices, but has augmented reality ever come across your desk? Well, the wearable versions of both technologies aren't up to the same level. Virtual reality headsets have advanced dramatically past augmented reality in recent years. Moving too fast while using augmented reality glasses can cause the image or hologram being superimposed to disappear briefly, meaning the technology does not work very well with natural or free movement. Now you can see why this might become a significant problem. Say you're walking down the street with your augmented reality glasses on, following directions. Now you see how this might become an issue. 
Say a user is walking down the street following directions with their augmented reality glasses on. If the technology isn't good enough to work with just normal movement in your environment changing, then a bunch of pedestrians crossing in front of you, speeding up, slowing down, is really going to disorient the cameras and definitely cause the display to disappear, essentially turning it into just a normal pair of glasses. This really limits augmented reality to currently residing mostly on smartphones and tablets as apps. While this provides some new features and can be really cool, it really limits the user from what a wearable technology would be able to accomplish. This is really where virtual reality excels because the wearable fully immerses the user into the world of their desire, while augmented reality is really limited to smartphones that you would have to hold up the entire time as you walk around if you want the same experience with augmented reality. While augmented reality is really limited to smartphones that you'd have to hold up the entire time as you walked around to achieve the same experience. While the state of current technological development really places some limitations on augmented reality, the future possibilities are truly infinite. Think of glasses that can instantly add information to your vision, such as every single person's identity using facial recognition, or your route directly on the street in front of you as you run bike, or drive, or a Yelp review for every restaurant that you look at as you walk down a busy street in New York City. What really is going to open this potential up, in my opinion, is an affordable consumer AR wearable. This would really increase the popularity by getting AR into the hands of the everyday consumer, and they would get to truly see how beneficial this technology can be when used the right way. This popularity rise would also prompt more software and hardware developers into the augmented space. This would then quicken the pace at which the technology can improve as there's more people working on it, and the quality of play and efficiency of augmented reality glasses will drastically get better. Now that we've talked about a brief overview of both augmented and virtual reality, I think it's important to understand where both of these technologies came from and their history so we can really think about where they might go in the future. The concept of virtual reality is attributed to the sci-fi story Pygmalion's Spectacles by Stanley Weinbaum in 1935, 85 years ago now. The novel told the story of a character who wore goggles that transported him to a fictional place, and the goggles were also able to stimulate his senses and create holograms. There was research done throughout the 1900s on the topic, but the first gaming development did not occur until 1991. In this year, Virtuality was launched as the first ever mass-produced VR entertainment system. Virtuality was a virtual reality arcade game which allowed the user to enter into a 3D world. When playing Virtuality, the user would sit in this very large black chair along with two joysticks, one for each hand, and then of course the classic virtual reality mask over the eyes. While their mask, of course, doesn't look as modern or refined as current masks do, it definitely got the job done, and it covered the user's entire vision as well as their ears to pump in stereo sounds. Virtuality even had some pretty advanced features for the time, including the ability to link machines together to play multiplayer with your friends. Shortly after Virtuality released, Sega announced plans for a VR system of their own, the visor-like headset never ended up releasing, however, even though Sega made four games for the device.
Three years later, in 1994, Sega finally released the Sega VR1, a motion-based arcade simulator. Then, in 1995, Nintendo broke through with the first portable console that was able to display 3D graphics with their launch of the Virtual Boy console. However, this release turned out to be a complete flop. The console only had monochrome color, it was super uncomfortable, and there were software issues plaguing it throughout. So at this point in time, 1995, the first affordable home VR headsets were being put into market. But these weren't really being used for gaming, there weren't many games developed for the platform, so it was mostly for home media and then occasionally instructional content. Now the producers in the video game industry realized the significant limitations that technology was putting on virtual reality development in the late 1900s. So there wasn't much done in the video game field until the technology advanced far enough to be able to create an enjoyable experience for the user. This breakthrough happened in 2010 when Palmer Lucky reignited the VR community's fire by creating the first prototype of a device known as the Oculus Rift, which we'll talk about a little more later. His device relied on computing power and featured a new 90-degree field of vision. Two years later, he would launch a Kickstarter for his project, which raised $2.4 million in a short amount of time. Just two years after that, Facebook then purchased Oculus for $2 billion. Talk about a meteoric rise. From his prototype to being purchased by Facebook for $2 billion in only four years. Oculus is still thriving in this virtual reality market, largely due to the engineering savvy and breakthroughs made by Palmer Lucky with the original Oculus Rift. Now this set the precedent for the industry, and with the large amounts of money pouring in, others quickly jumped on the VR train. Sony announced Project Morpheus, aptly nicknamed after the Matrix character, a VR headset that would work alongside their PS4 console. Google then released Google Cardboard, which was a super affordable VR headset, legitimately just made from cardboard and plastic. You would slide your phone in front of the lens, and then games that were adapted to be used by the virtual reality lenses would then be able to be seen through the cardboard in 3D. I personally had one of these when it first came out. It got sent to us just with the newspaper. I think it was a good promotion that Google did. They, they really got some exposure for VR and got it into the hands of the consumer, which is exactly what players in the augmented reality space need to be looking for a way to get a convenient and affordable experience to the consumer. When I was using my Google Cardboard back in the day, I really enjoyed it. It was comfortable enough to wear, and I mean, it was super cheap and convenient, and I'd never tried VR before. It was really awesome to me. I watched a movie or two that had been adapted, and that had really opened my eyes to what the possibilities could truly be with virtual reality. I also then played games and got to interact with the software involved. And that, too, seemed super applicable, even at an early stage, as this apparently was in virtual reality. Samsung would then go on to announce their Samsung Gear VR, which used the Galaxy smartphone as its screen. Another big step in the development of virtual reality occurred when the company Glove One launched a successful Kickstarter campaign. They invented gloves that let users feel and interact with virtual objects, the first invention using haptic interfaces. A haptic interface, which I'll go into a little more later as we talk about the future, 
is a system that allows the user to interact with their VR or AR headset or any computer using their touch and movements. Now these gloves can be used for a lot of really cool purposes. Imagine picking up a water bottle in your virtual world and feeling the weight change and distribute as you move it from side to side. Or imagine feeling on your hand a steering wheel slipping out from your hands as you go through a car wreck simulator. Or the feeling of punching someone in the face. The potentials are limitless, only confined by the user's imagination. The most recent major gaming advancement in virtual reality to date occurred when HTC released their Vive Stream headset. This headset was the first headset to allow free movement thanks to sensor-based tracking. VR headsets up until then had been using cameras rather than sensors, and this technological breakthrough allowed them to be a lot more precise, making the user experience significantly better. This occurred in 2016. Now let's check out the history of augmented reality. So augmented reality is less established than VR, and it's also a more recent technology, with the first developments only occurring in 1968. The person credited for this is Ivan Sutherland, who's a Harvard professor, and he created a device called the Sword of Damocles. And it, it looks pretty menacing, so I would say the name is accurate. This device would enhance the user's perception of the world. The device looks primitive with a bunch of metal pieces sticking out of it that don't quite look like they fit together, but the general concept is sound. Basically glasses with a bunch of technology on the outside of them that can add little bits of information or images to the user's vision to supplement their vision with whatever they would like to. In 1998, augmented reality was used for the first time on television with the implementation of the first downline in NFL games. If you haven't witnessed this, it's very commonplace now, and they've even added a blue line as well that marks the line of scrimmage. This is super useful as a viewer of the NFL because it's kind of difficult to see the orange pylons at either end of the field that mark the 10-yard chain. But the yellow line is super easy and makes close calls with running backs or wide receivers getting the ball over the line a lot easier to see in real time. Later, in 2014, Google created Google Glasses, a piece of wearable AR tech that can be used to access Google Apps by using word commands. But this didn't go too well, and the technology has never really taken off. In 2016, the most advanced piece of wearable AR tech was created by Microsoft with their HoloLens project. However, this technology is really not affordable for the average American with a price tag of $3,500. Now that we've gone through their history, let's look at the current states of virtual and augmented reality. Virtual reality gaming is consistently growing as a market, and I was interested in seeing who is leading this race from both sides. First, the technology side with the best wearable headsets, and then the entertainment aspect with the most popular games at the moment. Right now, there's a wide consensus that the Oculus Quest 2, the successor to the Oculus Rift, is the best headset on the market based on performance and cost with a reasonable price tag of just $300. However, its one limitation is that the Oculus products do not interface with consoles, PCs, or phones. So if you're seeking a VR headset for use with one of the prior, there's some other options. 
Also, you need to make a Facebook account to use an Oculus, so Mark Zuckerberg will be taking and selling all of your data. One great option for a VR headset that works with PCs is the Valve Index. While the Valve's main setback is similar to the majority of the market, an expensive price, the headset comes with an incredibly advanced controllers. They are pressure sensitive and can track all five fingers, which could have a lot of applications in the future of gaming and beyond. Sony's PlayStation VR, while now a little outdated with the new PS5, is still a great option if you're looking for some fun virtual reality gaming. It works really well with the PS4 and has a ton of playable games on the market. Other good headset options that are probably too expensive for the average consumer also include the HTC Vive, Cosmos, and the HP Reverb G2. So these are the systems that these games are played on. Now what are the biggest VR games? One of the most renowned games is Half-Life Alex. Half-Life Alex puts the player in an incredible futuristic dystopia as you take on enemies over an 11-hour campaign that involves both fighting and strategy in a beautiful surrounding environment. Another incredible game that I've personally had the opportunity of playing is called Super Hot. I played this game using the university-owned Oculus headset on campus, and the game was a ton of fun. Superhot's a shooting game in which red enemies come at you trying to attack you. You can move anywhere in the space, and you have to defeat all the enemies using anything you want, such as your fists or any weapons or objects that you can find in the arena. One classic game that's been adapted excellently for virtual reality is Tetris Effect. This game puts you in the world of the falling blocks. The game has standard Tetris as well as a Tetris Challenge mode and a fun Mixed Effects mode which randomly changes the game and the environment that the game is being played. These are some of the major VR players. Now let's go into the major augmented reality players. When it comes to augmented reality wearables, the best product is no doubt the Microsoft HoloLens. And now they've moved on to the Microsoft HoloLens 2. However, as I said before, this has a $3,500 price tag, making it a non-starter as a regular household item in America and the world. Instead, this product is excellent for industrial use, whether that be doctors and nurses, mechanics, chemists, architects, engineers, and more. Almost all of the augmented reality games at the moment are on smartphones and tablets rather than the wearable technology. We can start by talking about one of the most popular augmented reality games of all time, Pokemon Go. This game was the first game to expose augmented reality to widespread attention. The augmented reality element of the game is not necessary to play. You can toggle it on and off in settings. The AR elements come into play when interacting with Pokemon. When catching Pokemon, they can sit in the grass right in front of you as you throw Pokeballs at them. Also, once you catch and own the Pokemon, you can play with them and feed them in an augmented environment, making Pikachu appear to eat at the foot of your bed. You can also augment the Pokemon on the environment and take pictures of or with them. While Pokemon's augmented reality elements did not make it blow up in popularity solely because of them, the free movement aspect of the game makes them an excellent feature that adds a ton of value to the app. Another AR game worth mentioning is called Ingress. This game was released a few years prior to Pokemon Go and it's somewhat similar. A global futuristic game you join one of two sides and earn points and experience for your team. This is done using the augmented reality element. You can visit portals in the game 
which are landmarks you visit in real life. Your phone will superimpose a portal over, say, the Statue of Liberty, and players can go there and try and win the location for their team. Essentially a virtual global turf war that anyone can participate in. So those are the current states of augmented and virtual reality. Now let's think about the future. We see examples of pop culture for the potential future in films like Ready Player One. Ready Player One paints the picture of a dystopian America in which everything is centered around this place called the Oasis, which is a essentially a virtual reality social network that everyone strives to be the richest, the coolest, the most powerful in. In the movie, the main character has the classic headset that he puts on every time he enters in, as well as a full haptic bodysuit, a technology that hasn't yet been created. Now this technology would be super cool, essentially applying the theory of the gloves that I talked about previously to your full body. So say you could fight anyone now and feel every single impact that happens in the virtual world on your real body like it actually happened. We do have to consider though if we want to live in a world where virtual world is the most important one to the majority of us. I personally don't want to go towards this future and would prefer remaining in the real world using the virtual world as an escape, not the other way around. Augmented reality, on the other hand, I believe should be explored fully because I think it has an incredible amount of applications that would be useful in almost every field that we have. Now, while the one reference I mentioned earlier of facial recognition technology being used to identify everyone you see might be a little extreme, I think that's a concern that should be valid because privacy concerns, as everyone is going to start wearing cameras on their face with these wearable glasses, is definitely going to be something that needs to be talked about and discussed. But I do think the benefits will outweigh the potential drawbacks of widespread augmented reality. Potential features such as seeing the restaurant review for every single place you pass, or having all your notifications and messages pop up at a really easy-to-see place just in the corner of your eye, or better managing your time by having your schedule always appear in the left corner of your eye. The applications are essentially limitless, especially when you consider how well Unreal Engine has marketed itself to be usable by all consumers. If a similar product was created for augmented reality that allowed the user to easily design interfaces and displays for their glasses, then I truly think augmented reality technology will be a huge benefit to society. Thanks for listening to my podcast on virtual and augmented reality. Hope you enjoyed.